Welcome to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend. I am Jason Kong, and I have the pleasure, as always, to be here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you today, sir? Jason, I'm doing great. Well, I, Life is good. It looks like you just got a haircut, Bill. You look <laughs> nice and fresh. Yeah. You're looking good. Yeah, I got my military cut. So, <laughs> But it is summer, you know. That's that's a good thing. That That is a good thing, and we've mm-hmm. got plenty to talk about today, and I'm very excited about mm-hmm. that. But, Bill, one of the things that we, we bring up when there's usually an event or a, a significant trend is we do tend to talk about the stock market occasionally on this show. Well, we do, and... And, you know, a, a few months ago, uh, my son, uh, George Alexander, uh, who now George uh, is a financial advisor with Edward Jones in Raleigh and doing a magnificent job. I'm very proud of him. Um, he came on the show and talked about uh, general concepts of what an investor should do during those times where we have a market downturn. And uh, quite frankly, over this past week, that's exactly what we've had. We've had a fairly significant market downturn. And so, uh, first of all, I want to reiterate what uh, George told us uh, a few months ago, uh, because now uh, his advice uh, actually is is coming to the forefront in terms what most of us, or at least generally, uh, should do. Um, Because the stock market has fallen uh, over the the past week, it seems to be leveling out at this point, and that's a good thing. But I want to remind folks of a number of things. Number one, um, this is normal volatility. Yes, it, it's fallen a little more than what uh, we might have expected, and that's okay, but it's simply volatility. You can expect volatility in the stock market every year. It is a normal part uh, of the market. That's why the market is risky, but it's only risky if you need to get out while the market is down. That's one of the reasons that I talk about how important it is to have a safety bucket. And of course, the amount of the safety bucket that you need varies uh, individually based on a lot of different things. Number one is uh, what's the overall size of your nest egg and how much income do you have and what are your expenses? So obviously, the more income you have and the fewer expenses you have, then, uh, I mean, for instance, if you're debt-free, you don't have a mortgage, um, you know, those kinds of things, and you have fairly good income to boot, then your safety bucket can be smaller because the safety bucket that everyone should have is simply... Uh, a fund that you can dip into for emergencies so that you don't have to mess with your investments in the stock market when the market is down. It's as simple as that. And so, for instance, if you end up uh, having to have a significant car repair or car replacement, uh, you don't have to dip into your investments. Or if your HVAC goes out in the middle of the summer and you have to buy a new one, uh, 
uh, or you have some other significant uh, repair or medical expense or accident or you name it. But these kind of events happen to all of us, and it happens pretty much every year. We just don't know what it's going to be. <laughs> so, the, the, but, but the whole point is, is that some folks can deal with a fairly small of safety bucket. So other folks need a larger safety bucket, just depending on a lot of different uh, things. Um, but the, the whole point is this time that when you have volatility, the market goes down. These are the times where m- m- many investors, particularly those who are uh, uh, not sophisticated investors, in other words, you just don't have haven't done it that much. You haven't lived long enough or you haven't seen the ups and downs and those kinds of things. Or you just depend on someone else for your advice. Because, and when the market comes down, you're going, oh, no, I've lost a lot of money or the like. And the fact is, is if you don't sell, you really haven't lost. I mean, if, if you, the biggest mistake for many people is they, they go against the advice of their financial advisor in terms of keeping with their plans, staying put, not selling. Uh, and, and that's particularly true after the loss has already occurred. That's where we are right now. So, you know, if you're lucky enough not to have had that knee jerk of sell, 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 then staying put is actually in your best bet because if you sell, you've done two things. You've, at, you've made a paper loss, an actual loss, and you've also made a very high probability that you will not be in the market when it rebounds. <laughs> and so, in other words, if you're not in the market when it rebounds, then you're not going to make up for that loss and and get back to where you need to go. Now, no one likes to lose, and I'm right there. I I like uh, investments that have less risk to them, Uh, but I also like, uh, I'm greedy enough to like investments that do well uh, when the market's good. So, uh, but, but at the same time, everyone's different. All of our needs are different. Um, but I've, you know, I, I hear people when they say, uh, you know, I, I realize that I'm still up. And, and the fact is, is that uh, we're still pretty far up from where we were at the beginning of the year. A lot of folks don't realize the fact that the market has gained significantly um, since November. I mean, huge gains. And so, yes, we've lost a little bit of that, but we've still had a fairly good gain uh, since the beginning of the year because the markets have been so strong. And so if if you're and so I have folks who said, well, I don't want to lose all those big gains I've had. Okay, I, I get that. But if you've you've already had those paper losses, so now it's to wait for the rebound, if you will. Um, and some folks will just say, well, I'll sleep better if I know that it's not going to keep going down and keep going down and keep going down. I don't think uh, there's too many indicators to say that this is going to be a short-lived uh, fallback and, and that the market will rebound. And you say, well, why do I say that? A lot of the, the fallback was because of concern over inflation and high prices. And the fact is, 
and and that that is true. The the consumer price index is the highest it's been in 13 years. But you saw, you know, the truth is, most of that has been caused by COVID, where um, in fact you, you've had um, the situation uh, where the supply chain has not been able to provide, which means that there's less goods and more people wanting those goods, which mean prices go up. And lumber is the perfect example of that. You know, lumber prices went sky high, and it was all about COVID and not basically cutting enough lumber, because initially uh, folks thought that COVID would actually reduce building when, in fact, the opposite occurred. Everybody was home, ready to do some home improvements, and uh, and then lumber price prices shot up because the supply was low. Well, everyone, I mean, in terms of the economists, are saying, well, the supply changes are actually starting to get back to normal, which means what? Prices will come down in the, in the uh, near term, in, in the uh, next quarters. Um, just like lumber prices have already started coming down, uh, and so these supply chain issues are now being resolved and prices are expected to come down, which of course is going to lower inflation, lower CPI. But the other big things that are going on for the economy um, are the fact that uh, small business optimism is very, very high right now, you know, because small business is getting back on its feet. And that's, that's the, those are the employers and the folks who had the most difficulty during COVID. Big business did fairly well during COVID. That's uh, something that we need to keep in mind, too. And so you basically still have stimulus checks coming in. You have the child credit payments that will arrive soon. Uh, you also have a, a, another issue where unemployment benefits are now, the added unemployment benefits are now uh, ending so there are an awful lot of folks who've been waiting for that to end to actually get back into the job market, and there are tons of jobs available. All you have to do is go to any restaurant, and they're seeking waiters and bartenders and everything else. So, and, but there's a lot of jobs. In fact, our law firm <laughs> is looking for a paralegal with experience in probate and trust administration. So if you're out there, uh, please give us a call. We've we've had a number of interviews, but uh, to our chagrin, we have not yet interviewed anyone with experience in handling probate, um, you know, court administration, probate, uh, or trust administration, and and we need a paralegal right now. So if somebody fits that bill, please please give us a call. But the fact is, there. Are, Lots of jobs that are available, and people are going to start getting back into the market, which, of course, the other thing about the economy is when folks, uh, normal folks, receive money, uh, they spend it. And when people spend money, the economy is robust. And so the bottom line is is that the, the uh, most sophisticated economists believe that this uh, downturn in the market will be very short-lived. The market's going to ba- bounce back. So stay put. Keep keep the advice of your financial advisor. Keep your plan in place. Don't sell. 
And again, this this is exactly what George Alexander told us. Uh, you know, he's a financial advisor with Edward Jones, but. This is also coming from uh, many, many financial advisors in terms of this is the time to stay true to your plan, uh, keep uh, the advice of your financial advisor in, in mind. It's not always easy to do, but sometimes we need to find that iron stomach and make sure that we, we power through and hold on. That's that's good advice. And uh, if you are a paralegal and you have experience handling probate, uh, please call Bill, 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000 is the number to call. You can also find more information about Bill and his team online at wgalaw.com. wgalaw.com. That's where you can go if you want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. You can also find information about Bill's free monthly seminars online at wgalaw.com. These cover the subjects of long-term care assistance as well as asset protection and trust planning. They are free to attend. Just go to wgalaw.com and click on that seminars button. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. WGALaw.com is where you can go to find more information about Bill. WGALaw.com. I am Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, when it comes to asset protection, you know, I think the first thing that we think about are maybe legal documents or an estate, but that's that's not all that is entailed in asset protection. Well, in fact, uh, one of the things that I do talk about in uh, asset protection is taking care of your health. I mean, the fact is, is that particularly as seniors, uh, the more we do to protect our health and the better health that we're in, uh, the less money we're going to spend. And, and if we don't spend it, then we've preserved it. You know, that basically protecting things. And actually, one of the biggest concerns for seniors is long-term care. That's one of the reasons we talk about Medicaid so much uh, as government assistance for those types of costs. Uh, but the longer we can delay needing care, in other words, the better health we're in, the, the better. In fact, for me, uh, some of the, sometimes I get on uh, I'm not a um, one who gets into diets and stuff like that, but I have been one of the things I have mentioned to a number of my clients is the fact that for the last couple of years, I've, I've been on a diet called Eat Right for Your Blood Type. It's written by a physician. It's gone through a number of editions, but I can't tell you how much that has helped me um, uh, in terms of my annual physicals uh, have shown better. I mean, it's all about eating particular foods and avoiding other particular foods based on your blood type. It's really an interesting read, even if you don't do it. But uh, And I've been amazed at how many people don't even know what their blood type is, which is pretty darn important uh, for a lot of different reasons. Um, 
But I'm amazed at the, the fact that so many people don't even know what it is. But the book is an interesting read, so I would, I would uh, recommend that uh, for, for everybody. But anyway, since I'm talking a little bit about health and diet and those kind of things, I want to give you a little quiz, okay? And so I'm going to give you um, a, a – and so everyone can play along with us on this one. Okay, so what's better for you? Okay, red pepper or green pepper? Oh boy, I'll <laughs> I'll say a green pepper. Ooh, buzz no. wrong. Okay, actually, red peppers. This is sort of surprise you. Red peppers are actually r- ripened green peppers. All right, I didn't know that. Uh, but the red peppers pack far more nutrients than green peppers and at least in my experience they taste better too (laughs) okay here's the next one what's better for you table salt or sea salt i would i would say sea salt Wow! wrong again okay now see i will tell you i like sea salt it typically has minerals in it has a little different color a little different taste which is pretty nice but What sea salt doesn't have that table salt does have is iodine or added iodine. Now, you can buy table salt without iodine, but I don't recommend that because iodine is really good for thyroid health. And that's a big issue for a lot of people. And, of course, with the other thing with salt is not overdoing it. All of us with heart issues should reduce salt intake. (laughs) But... When you have salt, table salt's better for you. Okay, here's the next one. What's better for you, pecans or walnuts? Oh, boy. Uh, Pecans certainly taste better, so I'll say walnuts are healthier for you. Hey, you got one right. (laughs) One out of three so far. That's good. But what's now actually on my diet, black walnuts are one of the few nuts that are really good in my diet. Now, Pecans are also okay for me, but walnuts are much better. But why? It, they're an excellent source of omega-3 fatty acids. And so that obviously helps folks with cholesterol and s- supposedly makes you smarter, too, if you can believe that. Um, but it's supposed to be a brain boost. So walnuts are actually good for you. And, of course, pecans taste good, too. So, <laughs> in fact... <laughs> Pecans taste a whole lot better than walnuts in my book, but you know you can make a walnut taste. There's pretty a good. reason Bill Alexander makes a mean pecan pie and not a mean <laughs> walnut pie. Okay, here's the next one. What's better for you, red wine vinegar or balsamic vinegar? Oh, I'll go balsamic vinegar. Actually, you are correct. Uh, although. Red wine vinegar has fewer calories than balsamic, but uh, a whole lot more calories, and that's sort of surprising. Uh, But balsamic vinegar is rich in minerals, including manganese, which is a shortage for a lot of folks. But manganese, iron, and potassium comes in balsamic vinegar, and those are all essential nutrients. And so actually, and of course, vinegar just any kind of vinegar is very good in your diet too it's something that we should all 
have a little more of, if you will. So that's the test for the day. You did pretty good. All right. I, I came back at the end <laughs> to even it up. Excellent. You did. That's for sure. Well, I know we need to take a, a break. But, and when we come back, I want to, there's um, a number of things I want to talk about that relate to asset protection. We will certainly get to that, and don't forget that Bill has a seminar dedicated to asset protection and trust planning. The next set of seminars or webinars, as they're currently being held, is happening on Wednesday, August 11th. If you would like to register for that session or the morning session dealing with long-term care assistance, this deals with the subjects of Medicaid and VA benefits and how to uh, get assistance when it comes to paying for the astronomical costs of long-term care, you can go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button. From there, it's free to register, free to attend. All you have to do is provide an email address and have some sort of device with an internet connection, and you're good to go. WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button again. The next set of webinars is happening on Wednesday, August 11th or if you prefer to call the office the phone number is 919-256-7000 919-256-7000 and hey if you're also a paralegal looking for some work in the field of experience handling probate that's also the number to call if you want to work for bill 919-256-7000 they have an open position here at W.G. Alexander and Associates. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we will be right back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Learn more about him online at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. I am Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, before we started the program today, you, you, you alluded to an interesting lawsuit that was filed, and you, you had some major takeaways from this. Well, there are some major takeaways, and, and I guess the first one, as I get into a, a, a short discussion over this lawsuit, is the fact that our judicial system is not perfect by any means. Now, I'm, a, I'm an attorney. I love the law, and I, there is no doubt in my mind, as imperfect as it is, it is by far the best legal system the best judicial system in the world. There is nowhere else in the world where you can get a fairer determination uh, of uh, conflicts uh, anywhere. And now, with that said, we're all humans. We, we do uh, have our issues, and there's never been a perfect situation, nor will there ever be a perfect situation when it comes to the legal system and trials and the like. But anyway, the lawsuit that I'm referring to is one that was filed in federal court, uh, and it's Ronnie Wallace Long against numerous, numerous individuals, um, 
Ronnie uh, Long uh, was a young man who was convicted of rape many, many years ago and was imprisoned. And uh, fairly recently, he was determined to be wrongfully convicted. And so... um, and and so the state uh, determined uh, very late in the game, after he had been in prison for many, many, many years, uh, that he was not the um, the person who committed the crime, and he was wrongfully committed, uh, so convicted. So uh, now uh, he is suing a number of people, including many of the. Um, uh, now, this is a lawsuit that came out of Cabarrus County, which actually is where I'm originally from, uh, uh, and it had to do with uh, – and, and so they're, he's suing uh, the folks for the city of Concord who investigated uh, the, the crime, uh, as well as uh, folks who worked for the State Bureau of Investigation who investigated the crime. Uh, the, the, the crime. And, um, you know, now I'm not here to talk anything about the merits of the case one way or the other, uh, other than to say that the system isn't perfect. And, you know, I feel badly for anyone who would be wrongfully convicted of anything. Um, But the good news is the system at least worked to the degree that to let him out of prison when it determined that he was innocent. So uh, but uh, the, the point There are a couple points that, unrelated to the merits of his his case, because truthfully I don't have a clue about the merits of his case one way or the other, but one of the things that I am well aware of is the fact that some of the defendants, um, uh, number one, well, well, let me go back. First point, when lawyers sue people, and this is definitely the case, they throw out a wide net. In other words, they sue everybody that they have any possibility of finding a way to uh, claim that they owe you money. And, uh, and, and that's unfortunate, truthfully. I mean, uh, frankly, um, I, I think this is, from my own perspective, an asset protection a type of thing is that you can be completely unrelated to a, a claim and still end up being a defendant in, in a case just because of some minor connection that is totally unrelated to what the claim's about to begin with. And so uh, th- this is, uh, and, and the problem is, is if you get sued, uh, then you have to respond to a lawsuit very, very quickly. You only have a few weeks to really uh, get to an attorney, get somebody, get someone to help you. And it, even if you are uh, totally without fault, or if you want to say innocent, uh, you still have to have a lawyer and you have to pay those fees to, to get out from under the burden of a lawsuit, which can follow you for several years with stress and uh, expenses and the like. And so the, the point is, is that if, if you have, if you have not done asset protection, if you, if you know, know that your 
um, uh, that your wealth is at risk, then your stress level is even higher. Um, but the but the point I want to make is is that folks uh, can be sued without fault at all. And uh, you know, for instance, in this particular lawsuit, one of the defendants was uh, he had no connection. He was simply the director, in other words, the guy in charge of the State Bureau of Investigation at the time, and some of the folks who worked for him were these investigators who were working directly with the city of Concord uh, and the district attorney of Cabarrus, uh, well, of the judicial district, which Cabarrus County was in at the time. And so, you know, would the, would the director of the SBI actually have anything to do other than allowing his investigators to participate? <laughs> no. So, the, but the point is, is is he a defendant in this lawsuit? Well, he's not because he's dead. Uh, his his estate is being sued, uh, and there's some technical issues with that. But the fact is, is that he died. His estate has been handled. His estate's been closed, but. Here again, the estate is one of the defendants in the lawsuit. So now his family has to find a way to get this resolved, hopefully, uh, quickly. And uh, at, But again, the, the all right, so second point. First point is people can get sued out of the blue, unexpected, have no relationship to the real claim. And here you go. <laughs> okay. That's bad. And that is not uncommon. That's why asset protection is important. All right. Now, second point, though, is it also tells you why every estate uh, should actually, even if they have a trust, they can open a very small estate for the purpose of uh, doing a creditor's notice. And so uh, now, how does that help you? Well, obviously, this suit from Ronnie Long was an unknown claim. Uh, there was no way to know that there would, this lawsuit would be filed uh, when the you know when these folks died because there are a number of states being sued in, in this thing. So all of the estates that have been closed and ran a creditor's notice should be protected from this lawsuit because that it's a bar to unknown claims. In other words, the claim would have had to have been filed while the state was open prior to the expiration of the creditor's notice. So the point is is that while there are lots of families that say, oh, we don't, we don't need to know that, we don't need to do it because we never did anything that was risky, or, you know, I would take issue that this is the perfect example of why a creditor's notice can be so important in any estate, even when you don't have to open an estate because everything is passed either to the spouse or everything has been done and the estate's closed or the, you had everything in trust and didn't have to do an estate at all. So all of that can be important to you. But two points. Number one, everybody gets sued. Oftentimes it can be unjustified. And number two, how important it is a creditor's notice can be to protect you from this 
uh, from the types of things that can be totally unexpected years after you have died. This may not be a, a quick answer, but what happens if you don't have the creditor's notice? What what happens to the estate then? Well, then there's still potential liability. Of course, the plaintiffs still have to prove their case and why there was some relationship and those kinds of things. But if a creditor's notice had been run, then there's uh, then the state law basically says you're cut off, and and so you're not necessarily cut off if there's not a creditor's notice. Very good. Those are some uh, excellent tips, and I'm sure that you can learn more about asset protection and trust planning at Bill's seminar. Bill has two seminars that he does on the second Wednesday of every month. The afternoon session deals with asset protection and trust planning. The morning session deals with long-term care assistance. This has to do with Medicaid and VA benefits and uh, how to find government assistance when it comes to paying for long-term care. If you want to learn more about either of those subjects, go to wgalaw.com and click on the seminars button. It's free to register, free to attend, These are currently in the form of webinars, so you can do them from the comfort of your own home. And the next set is happening on Wednesday, August 11th. Again, go to WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button, or call 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we will be right back. To Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Learn more about him at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. I also want to remind you, Bill mentioned this earlier in the show, but if you are a paralegal and are interested in working at WG Alexander and Associates and you have experience handling probate, give Bill a call, 919 256 7,000. They're looking for a position here who would be a paralegal, 919-256-7000. I am Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, you were uh, just discussing a a fascinating lawsuit and some lessons and uh, notes that we could all take away from it. And there's there's a little bit more to that. Well, I I want to reiterate the fact that if, if Uh, you or a family member or an estate uh, that is part of your family uh, is a defendant in a lawsuit. In other words, the sheriff shows up, gives you a summons, (laughs) and and you're being sued unexpectedly, out of the blue, whatever, or even if it's not out of the blue, you know, even if you're expecting it. What happens if you don't do anything? Do you know? I don't know. Well, it's really important because it is important that you act quickly. If you fail to do anything, in other words, you don't respond. You know, you figured, hey, we've got our creditor's notice. We're protected. We don't need to hire a lawyer. We don't need to do anything. Well, the fact is you have to assert defenses. In other words, You know, dad died years ago. We ran a creditor's notice. That's a bar to your claims. 
you know, even if it's a legitimate claim, if it was not filed timely and you had a creditor's notice, then they're out of luck. That's North Carolina state law. And so, but you have to affirmatively um, say that, you know, in a court uh, writing called an answer. And it has to be done timely, and you need an attorney to do that. I mean, that's uh, if you don't, if you fail to file an answer, then the plaintiff, the folks who are suing you, will get what's called a default judgment, which they can do if you fail to file your answer within the time allowed which is normally 30 days. Uh, now, it can vary, but it's normally 30 days. And if you don't do anything, then the other side can file a paper writing that's called a default judgment with the court will sign. And then all I have to do is prove damages after that, unless, I mean, obviously there are sometimes ways that you can say, <clears throat> you know, the court was closed or COVID existed or whatever. And and, uh, uh, you know, so we were a couple of days late, but we have a good reason for it. And then a judge basically allows you to file answer under, if you have justifiable reasons. But, but that's where you're fighting uphill if you haven't actually done your, your duty quickly. So even if it's a totally illegitimate um, uh, lawsuit against you, you still have to get an attorney and the bad news is, is the, even when you win your case, you still have to pay your own attorney's fees more often than not. So, you know, that's one of the bad things about our system, if you will, because attorneys are not inexpensive, as we all know. Yeah, that's something that we do need to keep in mind, and being more proactive if you are in that situation is a key. And Bill, uh, we, we do have another topic that we want to get to before we head out today, and uh, this has to deal with trusts. Well, yeah. In fact, in, in um, my webinars, I, I often include a slide that, that uh, surprises people because it says often a will or a trust will not work. And here I am, I'm an estate planner who's, who does wills and trusts and recommends those to my clients. Now, why would I do that if they don't work? Uh, well, they do work if they're done right, and that's, that's the main thing. So, And there are an awful lot of folks who at least get interested in doing a revocable trust. Uh, they read about it. There's a lot of literature on why a revocable trust is a better way to plan an estate over and above a will, a last will and testament. And, and there is a lot of truth to that. But the, the fact is, is that you can prepare a trust and it not work. So why would your trust not work? work you know you you've gone to an attorney you've paid them a lot of money to pre prepare a wonderful document that does exactly what you want it to do well first of all you have to understand that many people do a trust f for one particular reason or i guess there's two or three reasons included in that but the bottom line is they've read and truthfully that a trust if done right will avoid probate and court administration and save a family money and time. In other words, if you have a properly structured trust, 
then you can basically get all of the administration, trust administration, done fairly quickly, much faster than if it has to go through the court uh, and be approved by the court, and at less cost. So people like the fact that it's timely and it's more efficient and it's less costly. Uh, Now, with that said, what would be the hiccup? What would create that? Well, a lot of folks think that when they go to their lawyer and they sign their documents and they go, whew, all right, now we've done it. Fact is, no, you haven't. You've only gone halfway. You haven't finished the race, (laughs) okay? And it's all about the fact that, no, you do not have a magic book at that point. The way you make your magic book work is by transferring your resources. Your, your Sometimes it's your home, your farm, investment real estate, LLCs, corporations, money in the bank, uh, investments, and the like. You have to transfer title out of your individual name or joint names if you're married to yourself as trustee. Now, you may say, well, it's, I'm the same person. Why does it make a difference? Well, it does make a difference. When you transfer your property from yourself individually to yourself as trustee, you've actually changed title to the property. And your trust will not work properly unless you have transferred your property to the trustee during your lifetime. So what happens when you don't do that? Well, this is the real kicker, and I hope I'll make people mad because people act when they're mad, okay? And here's the thing. If you've done a trust and never transferred your property to your trust, then what you've done is created less efficiency, greater expense for your family because at your death, everything will go through the court system, through probate with all of their expenses of court administration. And then at the end, what, what goes through the court is then transferred to your trustee, your successor trustee, uh, and then there's some trust administration expenses. So when you've created a trust and not transferred your property to the trust, you, the, the lawyers actually make more money rather than less money. And people don't like to pay lawyers. So I, I hope the fact that, it, you know, this will spur people on to, to, if they have a trust, to go ahead and transfer their property to themselves as trustee. That's actually what makes a trust work. And if you don't, and, and I say this because I, I guarantee you that 50% of the time when people come in and, and they come to me and say, will you review my trust and let's make some changes to it if we can. And, and one of the first questions I always ask is, okay, well, what's in this trust now? Uh, what have you transferred to the trust? And half the time they'll look at me like, you mean we were supposed to do something after we signed these documents? And I say, yeah. And, and so basically uh, uh, it, it, it's a big problem. And so uh, title to your property is the issue. And you can also have an issue where your will won't work for the same reason because 
a lot of folks, most lawyers, unfortunately, don't go to next step. They, they do your documents, but they never talk to you about your title and wh- how things are, uh, how things will work with how you own title, whether they, uh, you own property that's joint with right of survivorship or pay on death clauses or, t- or transfer on death or beneficiary designations on life insurance and retirement accounts and annuities. Uh, and the like. So uh, all of that's important in estate planning, and you have to take the second step, transferring property and getting your title to property correct, to have it done correctly. If hearing that made you a little bit nervous, come see Bill. Get your documents reviewed. Make sure that everything is in line. You know, one mistake can completely undo an estate plan. So make sure that you've got your Uh, documents in order and make sure that everything is working in your favor. Schedule an appointment to see Bill. Go to WGALaw.com and there you can do that. You can also register for Bill's seminars as well. But WGALaw.com to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill or call 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander and we will be right back. listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Don't forget WGALaw.com is where you can go to schedule an appointment with Bill. That's also where you can go to register for Bill's free webinars happening on Wednesday, August 11th. If you are interested in learning more about long-term care assistance or asset protection and trust planning, be sure to go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button. We're out of time for today, but we hope you will join us again next weekend. This has been Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Have a wonderful weekend.